What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York Podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, good evening and welcome everybody. Come on in USA, Canada, International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your man G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood lonely nomad, unstoppable miss unstoppable um independent podcaster and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with the 231st episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, live and direct from StreamYard alongside with YouTube. And inside of myself is the Instagram live feed. So make sure you turn on your notifications so you can so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping. And of course to see me in action on Instagram Live as well. So make sure you follow the page on Instagram, Off Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast on Instagram as well. And, and first off, if you are new to the channel and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, please feel free to make it, please feel free to catch, catch up on the episodes in case you miss any of it uh, and grab that YouTube channel on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555 where all the New York episodes is already uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the topics. Tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the area live stream. And Stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, and share the videos, share the episodes, listen, stream, watch the episodes, download the episodes, and don't forget to rate five stars for this podcast right here. And um, also for the for the most important thing is to tell a friend to another friend share the link and and of course tell a friend to another friend and i'll handle the rest at the end of the show and also if you'd like to make a charitable donation to support this podcast you're more than welcome to do that um and yes no and yes hold on yes this is the cash up to this is the cash up right here so you can make a charitable donation to my cash up right here which is dollar sign g money stacks 555 that's capital that's dollar sign capital g lowercase m-o-n-e-y capital s lowercase t-a-c-k-z 555 on there once again, it's not about being from a rich family. It's all about doing the best you can as a human being so you don't have to stress yourself out on on having a lot of money to to show more support. So any amount will be appreciated that you are comfortable, that you desire, will be appreciated. So there you go, right there. Um. 
Okay, first things first, man. We need to get into the whole notion of the Chelsea residents. With, with this segment right here, the New York Mass Transit Files right here. All right, so let's get to it. Hold on. Okay. You want to know what's the hubbub with the with the Chelsea residents protesting about the MTA? I'll fill you in. Okay, so here's here's what we got here. According to amny.com. All right, so what we have here is Construction kicked off Monday on a new electrical substation for the MTA's 8th Avenue subway line in Chelsea over the very public fury of some residents at the, at a co-op complex directly above the site. Ground has been broken for the, the new substation on West 28th Street between 8th and 9th Avenues with, within Penn South. A 5,000 resident co-op development composed of 10 towers with an especially large senior population. The MTA says that the new substation is necessary to support the unexpected boost in subway capacity on the 8th, the 8th Avenue line once the agency fully installs modern communication-based train control signaling on the a c and each and e between columbus circle and high street in brooklyn heights both cb cbtc and the substation situated about halfway between existing nation excuse me existing stations at 59th street and greenwich street are expected to be installed and online by 2025, which is two years from now. The substation um, projected, no, the substation project is budgeted to a cost of $80 million, the MTA says. $80 million. Ain't that, ain't that something? Hold on a second. Ain't that something? That's, that sounds like a lot of money, though, if you really think about it, though. Like $80 million. <laughs> Shit. Um, just a sec. Hold on, folks, trying to upload another sound. Oh, here it is.
Okay. Um, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on one second. All right. Um, where was it? Okay. The many area residents, particularly those living in Penn South, are bitterly opposed to the project. Several dozens of them turned up Monday morning for a protest and march along 8th Avenue, parading up to Penn Station while chanting No Way MTA in the hopes of getting, getting the authority to back off. Penn South is recognized as a naturally occurring retirement community and is home to thousands of seniors, many of whom worry about potential interruptions to electrical service, years of noise and disruption, and even potential catastrophes as the project gets underway. And, and in quote, we have elevators. If, we, if there were some kind of some kind of t catastrophe and there have been fires and substations we sh we would not be able to evacuate this many seniors seniors can't run down 17 flights of stairs if they have a walker said amy um, scarola a nine-year penn south resident and opponent of the project in an interview they said the electricity may go on and off they no, excuse me. There are people on life support here. There are people with medical facilities that have to be plugged in. The MCA originally identified 28th Street as the optimal location while scoping the, the project in 2018. Nevertheless, after considering 30 alternative sites, the MCA went with its gut and selected Penn South. The agency argues it's the best site for the substation due to its proximity to the train tracks will pose cooperatively minimal issues regarding utility lines during the dig will not require street closures and no Penn South buildings are within 75 feet of construction vital points in a city where virtually every every inch above and below ground is occupied. The MCA insists that the substation is emission free and won't and won't cause air pollution and following construction. Any noise from the generator will will blend into the background. Nevertheless, Penn South residents say the MTA hasn't even given adequate justification for choosing 28th street over alternative sites they view as more appropriate for the project the authorities shot down a proposal to place the substation at the nearby fashion institute of tent the fashion institute of technology arguing it was a less optimal choice due to the potential safety hazard of siding near fit's dubinsky student center along with narrow street with on 28th street and the presence of dual 
construction work at the school. <clears throat> that doesn't sit well with Penn South residents who argue the work will also prevent massive disruption and safety issues for them as well. We don't want to push, we don't want to push it off on FIT, but if they are going to do that and have that argument, those are temporary residents and we're permanent residents, said Mark Blotch, husband of Scarola and a fellow nine-year nine year resident of Penn South. We're not in favor of any residents anywhere getting this thing pushed on them, but there are those types of considerations. Another promising alternative site was on 31st Street, where the MTA studied affixing the substation underneath a new pedestrian plaza at Moynihan Train Hall. The authority says that site was stricken from contention due to the sheer amount of infrastructure already in place there. Serving Amtrak and the Long Island Railroad had that site been selected, says the MCA, they would not be able to build the substation to the specifications needed to support CBTC. Community members tried various political engagements, engagement methods, including sending a letter to the MCA, which resulted in the agency committing to limit hours for noisy work, come up with a noise mitigation plan, and for construction not to encroach on Penn South's beloved green space. Nevertheless, with construction commencing, residents are still displeased and have turn to another another avenue to try to stop the project in November. They filed a lawsuit in in state Supreme Court seeking an, inconju- an injunction to stop the project and to force the MCA to conduct a full environmental review. Ah, oh, man. Hold on a minute here. Hold on. This is crazy. Um Yeah, this is crazy right here. Um Let me make some noise. Hold on a second. This is what I was looking for. All right, the petitioners. Um, let me see where. Are they? Yes, petitioners argue the MCA's 134-page environmental due diligence assessment, published in August of last year, is not in keeping with state and city laws requiring full environmental impact statements. Among other things, the complaint, the plaint. The complainants argue substation construction will cause irreparable harm to adjacent nonprofit, excuse me, nonprofits serving Chelsea residents like the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, a soup kitchen feedings found feeding thousands of New Yorkers per day, and a group home for people with cerebral palsy. Sheesh. 
they also contend their are environmental dangers in the MTH plans plans to eat excavate utility lines and that during and after construction there's a risk of explosion reach for comment the mta directed am new york metro to the agency's frequent ask questions page on the substation the parties are due back in court on february 17th for a status conference the first phase of construction which will last about three months mainly involves preliminary excavation and contingency work with existing utilities that will last till april to the charging no excuse me the the chagrin of penn south residents already gearing up for another big construction project a 200 unit mixed income development at 26th street and 8th avenue on a site presently occupied by a mcdonald's and and gristetti's grocery store we're gonna have dual construction dual noise dual boring in the flat in in the earth and it's not necessarily here said luana green a 15-year penn south resident and member of the co-op board and outgoing president of the chelsea reform democratic club we want a fair review of all the other areas we don't want it here because we don't want we don't want the disruption to our neighbors look i know it's going to be a hard adjustment to people who are who are basically against this whole thing and i'm not going to really pick any sides i'm not going to pick any sides at the moment but the MTA has hard choices that they have to make. And it's not easy to make everybody happy. And I say and I say this because, you know, they're dealing with um they're dealing with some other projects and upcoming problems that they have to face, that they're facing right now. And it's not even and it's not even money. That's part of it. It's just, it's just trying to, it's just trying to really, and I mean really, you know, get certain things out the way. Um, and speaking of getting things out the way, let me give a shout out to somebody that just jumped into the chat. Hold on, hold on. Shout outs to Big Talk Big Game. Thank you for viewing this. I actually actually acknowledge that actually. So anyway, so it, it's gonna be a hard battle, especially with them going to court on February 17th. If there's any more new updates about this, I'll try to um provide up an update about this particular story right here. And um, we have a dispute between the MTA and Amtrak. Yes. 
a withering dispute between the, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority and Amtrak could lead to delays in the, co- the completion of the Penn Access mega project bringing Metro North trains to Penn Station, MTA bigwigs charged Monday. The $2.8 billion project broke ground last month with the start of construction on four new Metro North stations in the Bronx, enabling residents of the borough's eastern shore to commute into Manhattan's west side and along with the Long Island Railroad's new terminal at Grand Central Terminal, creating a more integrated regional rail network in the New York metropolitan area. Work on the project is scheduled for completion by 2027. Hmm. But the but the agency's monthly board meeting on Monday, MTA Honchos asserted Am, Amtrak is stonewalling on a pre-negotiated agreement to schedule service outages on the Hellgate line, a key right of way on Amtrak's northeast corridor between Queens and Westchester County, where extensive capital work is integral to the project's success. The Hellgate Bridge between Queens and Randall's Island carries Amtrak trains as well as several freight lines. Another issue is the provision of force account Amtrak staffers to assist MCA workers on the railroad's property. Oh boy. Railroad's property, huh? Jeez. No wonder they got a lot of problems. <laughs> Yes, um, (laughs) yes, um. Okay, so this is where I left. Okay, so yes. So should that dispute go unresolved, the agency is warning the mega project risk becoming a mega boondoggle the likes of East Side Access, whose cost ballooned to more than $11 billion and took decades to complete. Wow, $11 billion, huh? A lot of money, huh? That's a lot. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of money, all right. Yes, $11 billion, yes. The largest risk for the project remains coordination. 
with the existing operating railroads, particularly Amtrak and CSX, said Tom McGinnis, a senior vice president at MTA Construction and Development at the board meeting, end quote, to take advantage of lessons learned from Eastside Access and Harold, Harold Interlocking, we entered into an agreement at the start of this project where Amtrak committed to providing track access and force account staffing to keep the project on schedule. Amtrak has not provided the access or resources, McGinnis, McGinnis um, continued. And as a result, after just one year, the project is potentially six to nine months behind schedule. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy, man. Yes, so the NTA and Amtrak leadership are currently in talks to clean up the mess, said MTA Construction Chief Jamie Torres Springer, with the two currently attempting to gin up a recovery schedule. Unable to agree on nights and weekends, the MTA wants Amtrak to commit to a longer-term service outage, possibly as long as eight months on the line, including the Hellgate Bridge, starting in March, but hasn't gotten the thumbs up. The main feature of that recovery schedule is a long-term outage as much as eight months. That will give us starting in March so we can catch up on work and do so with much less required support from Amtrak while we're doing it. Since we'll have the long-term outage, said Torres Springer. We're counting on Amtrak to live up to this agreement and to this commitment for the long-term outage. Reps for Amtrak did not respond to a, a request for comment. NCA chair and CEO generally were said at the board meeting that lessons had been learned from Eastside Access billion dollar billion dollar um, train wreck, including to consolidate rather than balkanize project work and itemize every necessary task to get the job done. But another key, he said, has been to proactively embark on painful but temporary service outages on key rights of way to allow simplified, expeditious work on projects and prevent delays. Discord between the MTA and Amtrak on construction of Queen's Herald interlock interlocking prevented work on the junctions tracks and led to massive and costly delays on east side access he argued this is the dynamic excuse me the dynamic that got east side access into a hole said lieber 
there's probably a billion dollars of extra cost in east side access maybe more from the problems that the project had hold on let me see who just came in okay shout outs to the take 30 podcast shout outs to them hold on a minute hold on all right um yes so yeah wait wait, wait. without air trust cooperation the lessons learned cannot become lessons applied the chair argued and to prevent such a scenario the mta would consider options up to and including suing the national carrier we have a repeat of that herald interlocking dynamic but we have legal rights said lieber we corrected the trajectory of east side access which basically was in trouble for many many years and we're using all those lessons on this this is the mega project that we are engaged in right now pen access and it is the it is the linchpin of the plan to create a truly integrated uh, regional railroad system it's not the first time the 106 year old hellgate bridge has snagged the ambitions of transit honchos governor kathy hochel's um proposed interborough express between brooklyn and queens was based on an existing proposal by the regional plan association called the triborough x which extended up to co-op city in the bronx the mta determined that the planned light rail line couldn't extend to the boogie down due to the ex- the excessive traffic already caused already using the hellgate bridge rendering it unpassable for a high volume rapid track no rapid transit line wow and um so yeah that right there so so they really have a lot they really have a lot in their hands right now so um let's see let's see what we have here um okay so we have a passing we have a passing of we have a passing of a grandson that we need to get to um we have a passing of a grandson that we need to get to right here so this is going to be um wait a minute here okay here we go yes chatting all the jazz all right so here it is Give me one sec, folks.
Sorry, I had to lower the volume because of the plane. Anyway, chatting on the jazz, man. Let's do this. Okay. As said before, we do have a passing that we need to talk about here. And this is according to People magazine. So, Joseph Joe Mercer Marley, the grandson of reggae legend Bob Marley, and son of Grammy Award-winning musician Stephen Marley, has died. He was 31. His, re his representative confirmed his death to Rolling Stone on Tuesday. Joe Mercer's death was first reported in a tweet by journalist Apka Fitzhenley. And according to WZPP Radio, the musician was found in his vehicle. His cause of death has not been has not yet been revealed. Representatives for Joe Mercer did not immediately return people's request for comment. Born in Jamaica in 1991, Joe Mercer moved, moved to Miami at the age of 11, according to Rolling Stone. He attended Palmetto High School before enrolling at Miami-Dade College, where he studied studio engineering. Joe Mercer was exposed to music at an early age while being raised by his family. By his father Stephen, age 50, one of Bob's 11 children who followed in the late reggae artist's footsteps. After beginning to write music in middle school, Joe Mercer released his first song, My Girl, a collaboration with his cousin Daniel Bambata Marley in 2010. In 2014, Joe Mercer dropped his first EP titled Comfortable. His latest and second EP, Eternal, was released last year. While promoting the tracks, Joe Mercer opened up about his grandfather, who died in 1981 at the age of 36, telling com about his leg legacy and sharing that his family members, the late singer, by reminiscing about the memories they had with him. We always, um, hold on a second. We always hear those reflections speaking about those things, about the role that he played, not only as family member and father, but also in the world and the impact he had on the reggae community and the reggae culture, the roots, bringing forward the message of Rastafari and love, overall love. He explained at the time, mourning death, mourning the death of Joe Mercer on Tuesday, Mark G, no, Mark J. Golding, a Jamaican politician penned a heartfelt note on Twitter. Um, yeah, I've just learned of the tragic loss of Joseph Joe Mercer Marley, 
a talented young reggae artist, son of Stephen Marley and grandson of Bob Marley at only 31 years old. He wrote, the loss of a child is a devastating blow. No parents should face my condolences to Stephen and the entire family. Okay, hold on a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on. No. Um. No, 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 no. Hold on a minute here. Yeah, that has to be a struggle. Um, losing somebody like that, that's a struggle. And, and you can never really, this is, this is crazy, man. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that really sucks, man. Yeah, I think that sounds about right here. Anyway, um, Jamaican-American reggae musician Shaggy also posted a picture of Joe Mercer on his Instagram. Um, so saddened by the news of the passing of this young king, um, Joe Mercer Marley, sending prayers and condolences to the Marley family, he wrote in the caption, Jamaica's Prime Minister Andrew Holness also honored Joe Mercer following his death. Um, calling his death a huge loss to the music as we look to the next generation. Holness, age 50, added in quote, my heartfelt sympathies to Joseph's friends and associates and to the reggae music fraternity and fans everywhere may he find eternal peace as we mourn his loss during this season of goodwill and we celebrate with family and friends our love for each other he wrote um according to wzpp radio joe mercer is survived by his wife and daughter Wow. So SIP to Joe Mercer Marley. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see. What else we have on the agenda that we need to talk about here? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um. Okay. So, most recently, a rapper and producer had gone missing and, and by the way, was found as well. So, let's get into, let's get into this right here. Let's get into it. Um, yes, yeah, so here, here's what's going on here. Um... All right. Okay, so rapper Theo Phyllis London, who 
has collaborated collaborated with Kanye West and other big name musicians has been reported missing by family and friends who say they haven't heard from him since July. London, age 35, hails from Trinidad and Tobago and recently called Los Angeles home. His family filled, excuse me, filed a missing persons report Tuesday with the LAPD, according to news reports. And those close to him are asking the public for any information about London's whereabouts. London is described as black, six feet, two inches tall, 175 pounds, with dark brown eyes. Anyone with information is directed to contact the LAPD or London's cousin, um, Mikhail Noel, on Instagram at I am DJ Kells. Hmm. In a statement provided to Variety, his family said they have spent the last few weeks desperately searching for London or any information that could lead to his location. Um, to his location. On December 27th, family members of Theophilus London traveled to Los Angeles to file a missing persons report with the LAPD. They are now seeking the public's help with, help with any information as to London's whereabouts. The statement read, Theo, your dad loves you, son. We miss you, and all your friends and relatives are searching for you. Wherever you are, send us some send us some signal. No matter what, we will come get you, son. His father, Larry Moses London, said in a statement. London is best known for his heavy involvement in Wes's Donda album. London has released three studio albums and worked with artists such as Travis Scott, Tame Impala, Ellie Golding, and Big Boy of Outcast. He dropped his Bay Bay album in January 2020. The Post contacted the LAPD for comment. In 2014, the Post described London as Kanye and Carl Langerfeld's hip-hop brainchild. Langerfeld shot the cover of his 2014 album Vibes. The Post reported Flatbush Brooklyn is where London spent a good part of his childhood. I lived over there. I lived all over Harlem, Queens, and I read the New York Post all the time, London exclaimed. I'm not just from Brooklyn. I'm from New York. And, and of course, there's more to this. And this is from Insider. And um, hang on a minute. So Theo Phyllis London, a rapper who the Los Angeles Police Department asked for help in locating in December, has been found, according to his family. In a Wednesday Instagram post, London's cousin, Mikhail Noel, said the artist had been located. In the post, Noel wrote that London was safe and well and asked for, and asked for prayers and privacy for his family. Truly appreciate everyone's support in finding my cousin, Noel, um, wrote in the caption of the post. It's refreshing and rewarding to have such a strong support system of family and friends. God bless each each and every one of you. Hmm. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I can actually agree with this, actually. Yes, so. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see. Uh, uh, Machine Drum, one of London's collaborators, whose name is Travis Stewart, wrote on Twitter that London had been found and was safe with his was safe with family. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty good, man. I actually agree with this. So. Yeah. Okay, uh All right, let's continue this. London, age 35 is a rapper who was born in Trinidad and Tobago and raised in Brooklyn, New York. He released his debut EP, Lover's Holiday, in 2011 and most recently released the full-length album, um, Bebe, in 2020. London collaborated with Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, earning a Grammy nomination for his performance as a featured featured artist on Ye's 2015 track All Day. London's previous collaborators include Tame Impala, Little Yachty, <laughs> and Ian Isaiah. <laughs> oh, man. According to a press release published by the, the Los Angeles Police Department on December 28th, London had previously had been seen in the Skid Row neighborhood of Los Angeles on October 15th around noon. His family members lost contact with him that month and he has not been seen since, according to the press release. In a statement to Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, members of London's family said that they have they traveled to Los Angeles on December 27th to file a missing persons report and that the last time someone spoke with him reportedly stretches back to July 2022 in Los Angeles. Deal, your dad loves you. We miss you. London's father, Larry Moses London, said in the family's original statement, and all your friends and relatives are searching for you. Wherever you are, send us some signal. No matter what, we will come get you, son. And, um, yeah, this really, this kind of has an a happy ending right here though um so that's pretty that's pretty good though so that's good that they found him um let's see let's see what else can we talk about here let's see what we could talk about here oh know exactly what we could talk about here um All right, let's get into Mackay Pfeiffer. Let's get into Mackay Pfeiffer. Um, All 
All right. Um. And this is according to DoubleXLMag.com. If you are hoping for a sequel to Eminem's beloved 2002 film, Eight Mile, Don't Hold Your Breath, actor Mackay Pfeiffer, who co-starred in the movie with M, said a sequel won't happen. On Monday, January 2nd, TMZ posted a video of a street interview with Hollywood um, star Mackay Pfeiffer. The camerawoman mentioned to the actor that 8 Mile recently celebrated its 20th anniversary back in November and posed this question to him. People are wondering, why hasn't there been a second one? In response, Mackay said there's there's no chance of a sequel happening, and he gave a good reason. Sometimes it's best to just leave it at one, he stated. Sometimes it's just best to leave it alone. Once you make a classic, no reason to fool around with it. The 48th, the 48 year old thespian <laughs> also confirmed that, <laughs> that there's been there's never been a conversation about making a follow-up film, either not with him or Eminem. No, probably not. Never, he said. I think, you know, leave the classics alone and it'll be all good. Let's just live with the eight mile. The camera woman then offered an idea for the sequel to be a story about what happens to Eminem's character B-Rabbit after he becomes successful in the rap game two decades later. While Pfeiffer thought the new story arc would be interesting, he he said he won't star in the movie and doubts Eminem would be interested in appearing in the sequel. The story that we told is the story, he said. You know, I mean, it could be interesting, but I wouldn't be in it. And I'm sure Eminem wouldn't be in it either. In the end, Mackay Pfeiffer feels that people should simply enjoy 8 Mile as a standalone film with no sequel necessary. A Mile is arguably Eminem's biggest movie of his music and film career. In the flick, M plays a Detroit rapper named Jimmy Smith, aka B Rabbit, who fights his way to the top of the battle rap circuit. Makai plays Future, Jimmy's best friend and the rap battle host. The film earned M his first Academy Award win for Best Original Song for Lose Yourself at the 2003 Oscars ceremony. The Diamond Certified Song also won him two trophies for Best Rap Song and Best Rap Solo Performance at the 2004 Grammy Awards. Okay. All right. I want to make some noise. I want to make some noise on this one right here. Um, it's very interesting that it's never going to be. It's never going to be. It was never going to be a sequel to the follow up. So it's just interesting. But like he said, sometimes you sometimes you don't want to really mess up with the classic and stuff. So certain things you just don't touch. So there you have it. All right, so and make some noise for Eminem for 
receiving that Grammy Award for his portrayal in the Eight Mile movie, which celebrated its um anniversary. All right. <laughs> All right. Um the next one we're going to be talking about here is um Okay. Wait. wait, wait. Okay, let's Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. The sources hip hop stories of 2022. Okay, hold on a minute. I don't think I have that, but wait, let me add that. Okay, here it here we go. All right, the sources. Top stories of 2022. It's a recap. Okay, so then we'll go to the other thing. No. Uh, was it? Oh, hip hop stories of the year. Okay, top hip hop stories. Um, wait a second. Wait. Yes, hip hop stories, and then we'll do. Um. Just a second, man. Just a sec. I'll talk to, yeah. All right, let's do this. So, the sources top hip hop stories of the year from 2022. 2022 was a big year in hip hop, and the source was along with all the news as it broke. Kanye West, YSL. Tory Lanez, rap lyrics, and Super Bowl are just the tip of the iceberg. Below are the sources' top hip-hop stories of the year. Of course, there's... uh, Of course, Ye canceled in 48 hours and losses billionaire status. 
as year end honors are being handed out, Kanye West may have one that he wishes to sidestep. Yes, Ye has been named anti Semitic of the year by a watchdog group. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that shit is funny. <laughs> no one, listen, no one told him to do that shit anyway in the first place. Okay, nobody told him to do that shit. No one told him to do that shit though, man. And <laughs> no one told him to do that shit anyway. So that's why. Oh man. No one told him to do that shit, though. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Stop anti anti Semitism named Ye the most problematic person of 2022 regarding the group's mission, corolling 10,000 votes from members. For the last half of 2022, Ye found himself in the endless war with the Jewish community, where he hinged his comments in anti Semitic rhetoric. Ye received the dishonor, the dishonor by announcing love for Hitler. Oh gosh. I actually previously talked about this in episode 200. So that's kind of like not really forgivable at this point. So anyway. Um Yes. Um launching attacks on the Jewish community and also having disparaging remarks about George Floyd. What did that get him? Cut from Adidas, Balenciaga, and other deals resulting in the loss of billions. And hip-hop on trial, YSL, Rico, and Tory Lane's trial. Thug and the young stoner life um, record label members are currently awaiting trial or taking plea deals. At the close of 2022 one trial will be over and another will stretch into another year young thug is headed to trial in january which is already going on right now on a state rico case the team is facing accusations of gun guns murder and more dominating headliners for the better part of the year Ugh. This is nuts, man. This is really nuts. Yeah, um, (sighs) in addition, Tory Lanez also ran headlines for the second straight year as he approached trial for three separate charges concerning the shooting of Megan Thee Stallion. Lanez faces up to 22 years in prison with these pending convictions. His sentencing is set for January, which already happened, 
And he is currently behind bars in Los Angeles. Yes. California restricts the use of rap lyrics in court. Governor Gavin Newsom signed the Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act, prohibiting songs from being used against defendants. The bill known as AB 2799 was unanimously approved by the California Senate and Assembly in August. Rap lyrics will no longer be be able to be used as evidence in court in the state of California. Rappers Killer Mike, Meat Mill, Too Short, Ty Dolla Sign, YG, E-40, and Tiger spoke at a virtual bill signing ceremony on the significance of the law. Along with CEO of the Recording Academy, Harvey Mason Jr., leaders from Songwriters of North America and the Black Music Action Coalition also attended the sign the signing ceremony. Latin Hip Hop Rises and Bad Bunny is the artist of the year. Daddy Yankee did a victory lap retirement tour grossing nearly $198 million. Um, annual AA is rising and then there is there is the Titan of Bad Bunny. $198 million. Wow. Wowzers. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of money right there. Yes, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. To show you why Bad Bunny is the the hottest on the planet, his Unverano Senti album sat at the top of the Billboard 200 for 11 non-consecutive weeks. Bad Bunny has the most week at number one in nearly six years, matching Drake's views effort of 2016. Bad Bunny was named the year's artist of the year on Apple Music. Unveronald Sinti, Bad Bunny's sixth project in four years and one of the most streamed albums on, on Spotify this year. And his album, Unveronald Sinti, was number one, was the number one most streamed album globally. In 2022, Bad Bunny's concerts grossed $393.3 million globally, and his North American tour grossed $356.5 million this year. Hmm. Yes, Dr. Dre and Hip Hop's Super Bowl. This, the Pepsi Super Bowl 56 halftime show was an instant historic moment in hip hop history. The set kicked off with Dr. Dre sitting at an enormous mixing board before the next episode kicked off, sending the, the stadium into an uproar. 
following his group that featured Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and special guest 50 Cent and Anderson Pack. Dre received an increase of nearly 185% in the first hour following the game. Tracks from the halftime show also witnessed a significant rise in global Spotify streams after the show, including in the surge was a nearly 520% increase in Mary J. Blige's No More Drama for more than a 270% increase in Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg's The Next Episode, plus more than a 245% increase in Still Dre and 250% increase of Kendrick Lamar's All Right. Okay. Top new artists of the of 2022 we need to get to right here. Um so 2022 was a breakout year for many hip-hop artists, especially female rap artists. With TikTok becoming increasingly popular within hip-hop, many artists simultaneously dominated the charts while also having the most popular and widely used song on social media. Glorilla. When someone talks about 2022, you can go without talking about Glorilla. The 23-year-old Memphis native took over the country with her song FNF Let's Go. The song went viral and started the hashtag FNF Challenge on TikTok. Glorilla would end up signing to Yo Gotti's collective music group in July. And Lotto and JT we soon jump on the remix in September with Sweetie shortly following Glorilla will later be nominated for favorite hip hop artist um, best hip hop song and best hip and best new hip hop artist at the American Music Awards and the BET Hip Hop Awards respectively winning the latter FNF is also Nominated for Best Rap Performance at the 2023 Grammy Awards. Koi LeRae. Coming off of a strong 2021, Koi would deliver again in 2022. She dropped her debut album, um, Trendsetter, which featured artists such as Young Blue, Fabio Foreign, Young M.A., G Herbal, Her, Nav, Polo G, and Little Tekka. Little Tekka, A Boogie with the hoodie, Nicki Minaj, and others. She be, she also released the song Blick Blick featuring Nicki Minaj, which peaked at number 37 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeet. Um, yes, Yeet might have started to reach success on social media in 2021 but 2022 was indeed his breakout year the portland native released his debut album up to me in september last year but finally reached the billboard hot 200 in january of 2022 his song how could you tell would eventually be used in an episode of the hit hbo 
no, no, excuse me, the HBO show Euphoria. In February, he would go on to release his second album, Too Alive, with features from Young Thug and Gunna, and would reach number six on the Billboard Hot 200 chart. However, his success grew when he was commissioned to create a song for an, a lyrical Lemonade-produced trailer for Minion, Minion's Rise of Gru. His song, Rich Minion, was released in June and soon inspired the the general the gentle minions tiktok trend and pete that 99 on the billboard hot 100. okay um another new artist that i haven't that i never had a chance to actually listen to is ice spice yes ice spice um while Merriam-Webster voted gaslighting as 2022's word of the year munch could be considered number two, thanks to Ice Spice, the New York bread rapper had only been rapping for a year be before she took over social media and had men on the internet admitting that they were indeed a munch. <laughs> a munch. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'll look that up in a minute. After she released um the video for Munch, feeling you, she quickly rose in popularity and became a trending figure on social media, even catching the attention of Drake, who posted a cosign. Just a couple months after the release of Munch, she followed it up with Bikini Bottom, which features strings reminiscent of a song used in SpongeBob SquarePants. Wow. Okay, Dolce. Before 2022, Dolce had steadily been making a name for herself in the industry. This past year seems to culminate these last couple of years. In 2020, she released her debut EP, All the Places You'll Go which featured the popular TikTok song, Yucky Blucky, <laughs> Yucky Blucky, Yucky Blucky Fruitcake. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny right here, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. I gotta play something. Oh my god, that's funny right there. Come on. Who's going? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that part right there. 
Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the following year, she was featured on Isaiah Rashad's critically acclaimed album, The House is Burning, and was SZA's opening act during her six-date tour. 2022, however, was Dolce's, Dolce's breakout year, getting signed by Capitol Records and Top Dog Entertainment, making her the, the latter label's first female rapper. In August, she released her sophomore EP and first major label debut, She, Her, Black Bitch. Well... Um, her performance of her song Persuasive earned her a nomination for Push Performance of the Year at the 2022 MTV Music Video Awards. All right. Um, all right. I want to make some noise for the new artists of the, of 2022 who actually made it. So let's make some noise right here. Next, let's talk Meek Mill. Let's talk Meek Mill, who actually did a, a remix to um, Tupac's song, Hit Him Up, which is the, the theme song, which is dedicated to um, the Philadelphia Eagles. So listen to this. Meat Mill celebrated the Eagles' big win with a freestyle rap on Sunday, taking shots at 49ers, 49ers fans by dropping bars on one of the most iconic diss tracks of all time. The Philly rapper posted his video to Instagram right after Philly's after Philly whooped San Francisco 31-7 in the NFC Championship game, punching their ticket to Super Bowl 57. Oh, man. Meek used the beat from Tupac's Hit Him Up to send his message to the Niners, which, of course, was a diss track to Notorious B.I.G. and to this day remains one of the, the top verbal attacks in, rap, in the rap game. And he said, in quote, this for all my 49ers fans right here. Excuse me. First off, fuck your click and the team you claim. Me starts off. North side, south side, this Eagles game. This is an Eagles game. Y'all claim to keep it player, but we packed your bag. Plus the other quarterback, y'all couldn't even pass it back. <laughs> of course, Meek is referring to SF rookie quarterback Brock Purdy, who injured his elbow in the first half. To make matters worse, his backup, Josh Johnson, left the game in the third quarter with a concussion. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 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 Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow, that's crazy, man. 
Yeah, that's crazy right there. Um, man, talk about ruining your chances. Talk about ruining your chances of going to the Super Bowl and by getting getting your ass kicked. Man, talk about getting your ass kicked, though, man. Oh, man. That's a fucking shame, man. I'm sorry for laughing, but this is this is a fucking shame right here, man. And and you talk about car crashing your your chances of being in the Super Bowl, man. That's a damn fucking shame right here. Oh boy. You really, you really ruin your chances. <laughs> you really ruined your chances, man. First, you get injured. I understand injuries is part of the game, but damn, man, you really put your shit in a blender. And also, also, there's this. It's too funny to be laughing, but I can't help it. <laughs> oh man, oh man. All right, let's continue. Let's continue this this shit right here. Um let's continue this shit right here though, man. Um um wait a minute here. <laughs> oh shit, this is so funny. Um, yes, between Meek was watching the game in the Lincoln Financial Stadium suite with a A-list crowd, Kevin Hart, Little Baby, James Harden, Joel, Joel Embed, Michael Rubin, and former Eagles receiver, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. E-40, Too Short, and all the other Bay Area rappers aren't going to be happy with Meek's impromptu track. We're waiting for your response. Oh, boy. And, um, all right, so let's get into, all right, let's get into Drake. Hang on a second. There's some more stuff. So recently, he was at the Apollo Theater 
um, to do his uh, performances. So let's let's start with let's start with um let's start with this. Um, all right. So, all right. So this is from Hip Hop DX. Drake enlisted help from Dipset and 21 Savage as he took fans on a journey through his career at the first of two shows at Harlem's Apollo Theater, um, which is in New York, for those of you who may not know. Um, during his intimate set at the iconic venue on Saturday night, January 21st, which had been pushed back numerous times due to Takeo's death and production delays, the Six God ran through hit singles and deep cuts alike as the stage transformed from his childhood bedroom to a record label boardroom. Mm. Attendees included Kevin Durant, Odell Beckham Jr., and Ice Spice, who Drake allegedly dissed on his latest album, Her Loss, um, following reports that he unfollowed her on Instagram, as well as the Toronto Raptors, no, excuse me, rapper's mother and longtime producer, Noah 40 Shebid. Ha! Um, toward the end of the concert, Drake brought out Hometown Heroes, Dipset as the stage morphed into a Harlem bodega. Drake, you know, dressed in Cameron's famous pink fur coat and hat, Drake played hype man as Cameron, Jim Jones, Joel Santana, and Freaky Ziggy toured through I Really Mean It, Dipset, Anthem, and We Fly High, Balling. Um, before departing stage, the diplomats gifted Drizzy a custom OVO, um, OVO and Dipset bracelet while the boy paid tribute to the NYC crew's influence. These guys right here from Harlem made us dress different, talk different, walk different, rap different, all the way in Canada, he said. Shooting back to the present day, Drake then welcomed 21 Savage to the stage for several tracks from their 2022 joint album, Her Loss, including Rich Flex, Privileged Rappers, and been about you as well as jimmy cooks and knife talk in between songs the duel hinted at going on tour together in 2023 with with drake telling the crowd we're gonna be out on the road this summer details of an alleged it's all a blur tour surfaced online prior to the show the canadian hitmaker also teased the the, the release of yet another new project, which would mark his mark his fourth in three years, while giving a heartfelt speech to his fans. End quote. I appreciate all the, all those people that stick by me. I know it's like a cool thing to be like fuck Drake, but I deeply appreciate everybody for continuing to support us. He said. I've thought about a bunch of things in my life but at this moment in time none of those things are stopping um making music for you so i'll be here for you for a little bit at least and i hope i can strike up more emotions for you maybe this year i might get bored and make another one who knows drake will return to the apollo theater for round two on sunday night which already happened um 
already. A little recap. Um, check out the, the set list from Saturday Saturday's concert below. Um, damn, he did a lot of songs, man. He did a lot of songs off of his um. He did a lot of songs, so um, I'm pretty sure y'all know the songs already. I don't have to really say it on here, but um, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't. Yeah, y'all, y'all probably know about his songs already. I don't have to say it. Another drink news. Let's get to um. Let's get to the part where he paused his show. All right. So, according to EW, um, a fan at a Drake concert had a had to thank him for later for later for stopping the show when he fell from the mezzanine um, into the orchestra at Harlem's world famous Apollo Theater. Uh, about 90 minutes into Sunday night's um show, the Canadian rapper had just brought out collaborator 21 Savage when a fan fell from the balcony. Oh wow. How does that happen? From what I heard, I think he was drunk. I think he was drunk though. From what I'm hearing. And that can't be good, man. Okay, my question to this is like this, though, man. Why in the flying fuck would you decide to actually drink while you are at a concert in the Apollo Theater? You have to be the dumbest motherfucker to actually do some shit like that, though, man. I, I'm, I'm, I kid you not, man. This is so fucking crazy right here. <laughs> and you fall, and you fall like that. Yeah, you know how that goes. <laughs> um, yeah, that right there, that was not a good look, though. <laughs> Next time you go to a damn concert, try not to have too much to drink, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, try not to have too much to drink. You know what I'm saying? Um... Yeah, um, (sighs) 
Several seconds later, security alerted Drake, who stopped the show, saying, just have to make sure somebody's okay. The rappers were off stage for about 15 minutes, and the house lights were brought up as on-site emergency medical services attended to the fallen fan. The theater then announced that no one had been injured, that the person was being checked on and is being the Apollo that the show must go on. The Apollo confirmed the incident in a tweet Monday. Drake, Apollo, and Sirius XM halted the show immediately when learning of a potential fan injury and standard protocols were taken, the venue said. The fan and other audience members reported that they were okay. No major injuries have been reported. The Apollo added that it is investigating the situation further. Drake and 21 Savage then returned to the stage to perform songs from their debut album, Her Loss, released in November of last year. The album received mixed reviews, but still topped the Billboard 200 chart. A lyric from that album's circle local suggesting that Megan Thee Stallion lied about being shot by Tory Lanez also received criticism, particularly from Thee Stallion herself, who later won her case against Lanes. Um, yes. Um, let's see. What else? What else we got to talk about here? Yes, here it is. Uh, and there's more Drake news that we need to get to right here. So Drake. Drake hit the Apollo Theater on Saturday, January 23rd, and brought along a few surprises with him, including a hint at new material. While entering at the iconic Harlem venue, he revealed that 2023 could see more Drizzy, acknowledging his current position as rap's reigning champ and alluding to the hate he receives these days. However, the OVO sound founder, um, seem, seemingly shook off the criticism and revealed he would drop more material soon. Variety reports. Um, I appreciate all those people that stick by me, he told the audience, while wearing Cameron's iconic pink mink. I know it's like a cool thing to be like, fuck Drake, but I deeply appreciate everybody for continuing to support us. Um, let's see. Um... Yeah, there's more to this right here. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, um, I thought about a bunch of things in my life, but at this moment in time, none of those things are stopping, um, making music for you. So I'll be here for you for a little bit at least, and I hope I can strike up more emotions for you. Maybe this year. I might get bored and make another one. Who knows? During his performance presented by SiriusXM, the global superstar blessed the crowd with an intimate showcase of his B-side records. Elsewhere in the show, Drizzy brought out 21 Savage to tear through a swath of their joint album, Her Loss. In between performing Rich Flex and Privileged Rappers in front of a neon Apollo signed the rapper um, Nee Aubrey Graham revealed that the duo would be heading out on a joint tour. 
we're gonna be out on tour. We're gonna be out on the road this summer. Graham confirmed to the audience. The the entertainer's performance was detailed as one of gratitude and took place on Saturday and Sunday, January twenty first and the twenty second. His set list included forty hit songs and deep cuts such as Jungle, Feel No No Ways, Trust Issues, One Dance, and more. Across the two nights, special guests included 21 Savage, Lil Uzi Vert, and Dipset. The artists recently signed the first lady of OVO Sound, Naomi Sharon. Drake took to Instagram to disclose the announcement and posted a heartfelt message regarding the newly signed um, singer. I've been waiting for this day for too long now, where the world finally gets to digest the insane amount of work you have put in since we we met the ovio founder caption the post promoting her new music video my dear friend just dropped her single another life on ovio sound wow wow that's pretty dope and What's also dope is that he is going to be a part of the Super Bowl 57 um, halftime show as well. So, <laughs> so there's a lot that we have to uncover here. So Drake is joining the roster of the star-studded parties for 2023 Super Bowl weekend, performing at H. Wood Homecoming on Friday night, February 10th at the private jet complex, Scottsdale Hangar, one in Scottsdale, Arizona, Billboard can exclusively reveal. The H-Hood Group and Uncommon Entertainment announced the news January, excuse me, Tuesday, January 24th, bringing back Cash App and Visa present H-Wood homecoming after last year's Los Angeles pop-up ahead of the 2022 Super Bowl which featured performances by Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber and Drake. We are thrilled to bring the H Wood Homecoming experience um hold on a minute. Hang on. Hang on a minute here. Oh man, it's not what I'm. Wait a minute here. Hey. Okay. All right, we are thrilled to bring the H Wood Homecoming experience back for a second consecutive year in partnership with Uncommon Entertainment, said John Terzian and Brian Tall of the H. Wood Group. We saw monumental success in Los Angeles in 2022, and this year's lineup of talent and experiences promised to create yet another unforgettable evening leading up to the big game weekend. 
The hangar will transform into a two-story playground according to a press release showcasing artists, brands, and experiences. Other sponsors for the for the event include Taco Bell, which promises to provide a unique fan experience that encourages guests to um, live moss complete with a secret innovation that that's perfect for the big weekend, as well as Grey Goose, um, Natural, Celsius, and Mascal L. Salience, Sa- Silencio, Silencio, excuse me, which is planning an immersive bar and tattoo pop up in the space. End quote. We couldn't be more excited and grateful to bring the second year of the H word homecoming concept to life. Uncommon Entertainment's Josh Zipkowitz and Jake Nasbaum said in a statement, we look forward to once again creating the most influential moment during the marquee weekend. H-Hood, homecoming with music by Zach Bia and Night Owl Sound Sound, is set for 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. on February February the 10th. Super Bowl Sunday is set for... February 12th at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, where the winner of next weekend's games, San Francisco 49ers versus Philadelphia Eagles and Cincinnati Bengals versus Kansas City Chiefs will face off for the NFL championship and Drake's frequent um, collaborator. Rihanna will take the 50-yard line as the halftime show headliner. Drake might have offered a preview of his homecoming performance this past weekend playing back-to-back concerts at Harlem's Apollo Theater on Saturday and Sunday nights and bringing 21 Savage and Dipset along for the ride. And um, by the way, by the way, I just found out that um that Super Bowl 57, which is basically the Kansas City Chiefs versus the the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be starting at 6.30 on Fox 5. Um, Sunday, February 12th. Check your local listings so so you can be in the know on the halftime show and all that other stuff. So that's 6.30 p.m. on Fox 5. Check your local listings. All right. And speaking of checking your local listings, we do need to talk about um who else is going to be there. Okay, so the Super Bowl halftime show is always worth a watch, one way or another. Don't have FOMO. Here's all you need to know on 2023's performance. One half down, one to go. Time to load up on snacks, plop in front of the TV, and either belt along with the performance or grumpily tell everyone you don't know what has happened to the art of music over the last decade here's everything you need to know about the super bowl performance in 2023 for super bowl 57 
Yes, so what time is the Super Bowl halftime show in 2023? There is no set time for the Super Bowl halftime show because halftime comes at an unpredictable time. At risk of stating the obvious, the performance happens once the first half is completed. About six to seven minutes after the first half ends are allotted for an incredibly chaotic stage setup. Shortly after that, the performance begins. How long is the halftime? How long is the Super Bowl Super Bowl halftime show in 2023? So the Super Bowl halftime show is typically just under 15 minutes long. It ranges between 12 minutes on the low and and four. Wait, four minutes and no, excuse me, 14 minutes and 45 seconds on the higher end. Yeah. Who is performing in the Super Bowl halftime show, you ask? In 2023, Rihanna was announced as the Super Bowl um, 57 halftime show headliner in September 2022. She posted a photo of her holding an official football on her Instagram with no caption to tease. The NFL later announced officially that Riri was the headliner. It's rare that a Super Bowl performance goes without cameos. Here's who to expect as possible abilities in this year's performance so you got asap rocky on uh, rihanna's partner jay-z possibly plenty of collabs between the two plus jay-z's partner with the nfl um umbrella is a most umbrella is a must if he comes out drake several features between the two paul mccartney one song between the two and mccartney would help bridge the gap between age demographics Kendrick Lamar loyalty feature plus Lamar was on last year's show Eminem love the way you lie feature future several features scissor consideration feature TI live your life feature TMZ reported that there's a list of 50 possible cult performers in September being considered with almost everyone Rihanna has performed with being a possibility. It's likely that at this point, the list is whittled down if not confirmed, but there is no public knowledge about who she'll have with her on stage. Um, what, what songs are being played in the Super Bowl halftime show in 2023. For now, we have no idea what songs are being played. That's part of the fun of the show, isn't it? Here are her top played songs on Apple Music. Needed Me, Work featuring Drake, Wild Thoughts featuring... Actually, Wild Thoughts with um DJ Khaled, Loyalty, um, Kendrick Lamar, Love on the Brain, Too Good, Take Care, Umbrella featuring Jay-Z. Of course, Too Good, Take Care, which features Drake. Um, Sex With Me, and This Is What You Came For, Calvin Harris. Um, if, if, I have, if I have to take a stab at a set list, though, here's what I would predict. Pour It Up. Bitch Better Have My Money, Ponder Replay, Where Have You Been, Work, Too Good, Take Care, Drake Cameo, Umbrella, 
and run this town jay-z cameo four or five seconds paul mccartney cameo we found love this is what i came for calvin harris cameo um the set list would start things out with high intensity on pour it up and and bbhmm then it hits some classics in the middle between where where have you been and umbrella we unite some age groups with four five sounds no excuse me four five seconds and close out with a slower song and love on the brain and a classic on this is what you came for and we found love with calvin harris that'll resonate with the pop lovers how to watch and stream super bowl halftime show in 2023 so super bowl 57 is being broadcasted on fox like i said for those of you that's living in the east coast it's fox 5 and for those that's like for those that's like um in other states and stuff um check your local listings the halftime show will be on the same channel you can stream the game and halftime show on fubo.tv new customers can sign up for a free trial here so this is from fansided.com you can take a look at it for yourselves all right so there you go right here and um yes let me make sure i don't um i don't um Let me make sure I don't miss anything. Hold on a minute. All right. Uh, okay, what else? Uh, okay. I think we covered the bases. We're going to get into... We're going to get into our next segment which is oh boy um hang on a minute i need to get this all right we need to get into next segment next segment right here is going to be um all right here we go um so avatar is going to is still holding on to the number one spot for the seventh weekend let's get into it right here all right um Yes, Avatar is still number one in the box office. Obviously, obviously, Megan didn't make a dent in the number one spot anyway, so it didn't really stand a chance anyway. So <laughs> it didn't really stand a chance, man. Like I told you, it wasn't gonna be no. I told you, Megan wasn't gonna be number one in the box office. Like, come on. <laughs> Oh man. 
All right. And this is from t- the Time website right here. So Avatar The Way of Water cl- claimed the number one spot on the, the, the domestic box office charts for the seventh weekend in a row with an additional $15.7 million, according to studio estimates on Sunday. It was a quiet weekend overall, notable um, mostly for the Hindi language blockbuster um, Patan that broke into the top five and the post Oscar nominations, re-releases of the film, like everything, everywhere, all at once, and the the Fablemans. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> the Fablemans. Um... Yeah, the Fablemans, anyway. So, Avatar's 2's first place North American run has only been matched by the first Avatar, and in the past 25 years, bested by Titanic, um, which stayed in first place for 15 weeks. All three were directed by James Cameron. And um, globally, The Way of Water has grossed an estimated $2.1 billion surpassing Star Wars, The Force Awakens, to become the fourth highest grossing film of all time. James Cameron just keeps ticking off all the records and milestones, said Paul um, Dergarabedian. The senior me, excuse me, the senior media analyst for Comscore and still got a wide open marketplace. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Um second place went to Universal and DreamWorks family oriented offering Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which made 10.6 million dollars in the sixth week in its sixth weekend. The animated spinoff has earned over $140.8 million in North America and was recently made available to stream at home, too. Third place went to Sony's A Man, a Man Called, Called Otto with $6.8 million from 3,957 locations. And the meme, the memeable horror Megan, which didn't even have a chance against Avatar, at the number one spot a universal release snuck into fourth fourth place with 6.4 million dollars in its fourth weekend bringing its domestic total to 82.3 million dollars and the indian film python starring shah um ruck shah rucka in his first role in five years settled in fifth place with $5.9 million from only 695 screens. A top five appearance is really impressive, um, Dergarabedian said, noting that the marketplace over the past several years have has presented opportunities for Indian films to break into the domestic top 10. Neon also launched the horror movie Infinity Pool, written and directed by Brandon um, Cronenberg and starring Mia Goff and Alexander Skarsgård in 1,853 locations following its Sundance debut. It made an estimate, estimated $2.7 million. The romantic comedy, Maybe I Do, 
with Diane Keaton. Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon made $562,000 from 465 screens. And Lucas um, um, the Hunts King's winning boyhood drama Close opened on four screens four screens in New York and Los Angeles earning $68,143. Of course, many studios boasting Best Picture nominees also chose to capitalize on the buzz of Tuesday's Oscar nominations with sizable re-releases, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which got a leading 11 nominations, came back to theaters and forced playing on 1,400 screens where it earned another $1 million. The, a, the A24 release has made $71 million domestically to date. Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, nominated for seven Oscars, also expanded to 1,962 screens in North America and took in an additional $760,000, bringing its domestic total to 16 million dollars and sarah poley's women talking also added a few hundred screens earning one million dollars over the weekend it's made 2.4 million dollars to date the oscar boost could continue over the coming weeks to the show isn't until march 12th um in quote we are seeing in real time the halo effect of the Oscar nominations on Best Picture nominees, Durgara, Durgarbedian said, um, the Oscar bounce is back, something we haven't seen over the past couple of years. Several of the highest profile releases of the weekend were both star-driven comedies that went straight to streaming of course, Netflix had you people. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> oh, man. I'm fucking joking, folks. <laughs> oh, man. So, you people, the rated R comedy is with Annie Murphy, Julia Lewis Dreyfus from Seinfeld, <laughs> Jonah Hill, and L Lauren London, and Amazon Prime video offered Shotgun Wedding, also another R rated movie with Jennifer Lopez, Josh du um, Duhamel, <laughs> and Jennifer Coolidge. Um, seven weekends into Avatar, two theaters, theater owners are also likely looking for the next big blockbuster, which is still ways off. The next blockbuster movie is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania! Doesn't arrive until in theaters until February 17th. But as the Gara beating said, 2023 is already looking more like 2019 rather than the last three years. <laughs> this is great news for theaters, he said. Um, you have the Oscar bounce in play, an Indian film in the top five, and Avatar breaking records left and right. 
estimated ticket sales for Friday through Sunday at U.S. and Canadian theaters are, according to Comscore, final domestic figures will be released Monday. And yes, as you can see, as you can see, as I said, um, as I said before, Avatar is still number one in the box office. Um, Avatar Way of Water made $15.7 million. Number two, Puss in Boots, The, the Last Wish, $10.6 million. A Man Called Otto takes the third spot, $6.8 million. Megan, unfortunately, slipped from two to number four with $6.4 million. <laughs> Oh shit. Uh Pathan, um number five, 5.9 million dollars. Missing uh 3.8 million dollars. Plain 3.8 million dollars. Infinity pool 2.7 million dollars. Um number nine, left behind, rise of the Antichrist, 2.4 million dollars. And and top in the top ten. Um, last movie is The Wandering Earth 2, which made $1.4 million. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got my, I don't know, I got my reasons not to, not to really uh, review Megan. I got my reasons though, so I'm not even gonna say it on here. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, man, um, let me just get to the sound effect. Hold on a minute. Let me lower this. All right. Um. Okay, let's get into some stuff to do for the weekend. Are y'all looking for something stress free to do for the weekend? I got y'all, man. Let me. Let's get to. Uh, <laughs> let's get to. Uh, let's get to um, things to do for the people that's living in L.A., California. I will provide you with some stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, things to do for the weekend in LA. Um, let's see. Let me make sure that I don't miss anything here. Um. All right. Um. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Um. Okay. Things to do. Let me see. Let's let me see. Um, let me make sure I don't miss anything. Okay, things to do. Okay, things to do. All right, um, 
Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute here. I did miss that. Give me one second. Um, hang on a minute. Um, <clears throat> okay. Mediation. Okay. Uh, yes, things to do in LA. I got you. Things to do in LA. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, trying to look for some, um, Okay, all right, let's settle in with, um, okay, let's settle in with the Chinese New Year celebration at Huntington. Okay, the what better place to celebrate the Lunar New Year than the Huntington Library's beautiful Chinese gardens? Usher in the year of the rabbit with lion dancers, mass changing performances, martial arts, demonstrations and Chinese music during this two-day event. Look out for some sweet and savory treats just for the occasion at just about all of Yeah, all of Yeah, all the museum's dining spots. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So, where is this located? I, I got you on that one. So, the Huntington Library Art Museum and Botanical Gardens is located at 1151 Oxford Road, San Marino, and of course, tickets are required, included in museum admission, which is $29. $29. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Um, and, and of course, it starts... Saturday, February 4th um, of this year. Um, Saturday, February 4th, 10 a.m. Sunday, February 5th, 10 a.m. as well. And, of course, timeout.com is the website that I'm using to inform the people that's living in L.A. Um, if you're looking for something stress-free and fun to do, um, that's why I do this because, you know, for people who have stressful jobs, 
um, stressful family members giving them a hard time or whatever. I wanted to do this because it's a relief. You know what I'm saying? It's a fucking relief for people. And if it wasn't for me, people would end up people would end up doing the unthinkable, which I'm not gonna really say on here. And speaking of the unthinkable, since the Super Bowl is around the corner, of course, there's also a puppy ball pup rally. Um, so for you for the people who have dogs, this one's for you. This dog-friendly event at Player Vista's uh, Wallace Edinburgh Pet Space is an adorable good time with football-themed photo op snacks, of course, obviously for humans and pups, and agility games. Your dog can participate in a speed challenge, a football-catching competition, and a touchdown dance. Of course, you get to pick up a free bandana along the way. If you are hungry, you can grab a bite from the Verger, the Verger guys food truck and some caffeine from Grounds and Hounds Coffee um, Company who will have complimentary coffee and pup cups. Wait a minute, man. Since when you since when you give dogs coffee? Well, you gotta be kidding me. That that can't be possible, man. I first of all, that cannot be possible. Like, why would you give a do- why would you give a dog coffee? Are you are you serious? Anyway, so Wallace Edinburgh Pet Space is located at one two zero zero five Bluff Creek Drive, Los Angeles, California nine zero zero nine four, and you can go to their website. You can view the website actually. Yeah, you can go to their website, and the price is, is ten dollars a day of of ten dollars, day of fifteen dollars. Kids under ten are free, and it starts Saturday, February fourth at eleven a.m. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh, man. That right there is just it just threw me off though. Anyway, um let's let's continue. Yeah, let's continue with this shit. Um all right, um okay. All right. Um, all right. We have. Um, what else do we have here for the weekend for for Los Angeles, California? Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, what we have here is I'm looking for fun stuff for you folks to to actually enjoy. Um. <laughs> Okay. Um let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me see. Uh 
Okay. Let me see. All right. So did Emo Knight single-handedly bring back pop punk or did it just so happen to ride one of the first waves of late 90s nostalgia before it became TikTok TikTokified? TikTokified. <laughs> <laughs> TikTokified. Oh wow. Oh man. Regardless, cake on the eyeliner at this emo dance party. This throwback night started at the short stop in 2015 as taking taking back Tuesday and proved so popular that it quickly moved to the Echo and Echoplex. These days, emo night has become a bonafide institution with lines around the block and surprise appearances from the likes of Blink-182's Mark Hoppus and former from first to last frontman Sonny Moore, a.k.a. Skrillex. Okay. And then we'll go to New York afterwards. All right, so uh, the details of where it's located. You can Okay, so AV Avalon, Avalon Hollywood, seventeen thirty-five Vine Street, Los Angeles, California, um, nine zero zero two eight, and you can go to their website, um, emonight.com for more details and more information on on tickets and stuff. So there you have it right there, and of course, um. It starts Friday, February 3rd at 9 p.m., all right? So I suggest you get your tickets early in advance so you don't miss a beat. Now we go to, now we are going to go to, uh, now we're going to go to um, the best things to do in, best things to do. Okay. things to do all right so what we got here hold on while i'm at it man let me give a shout out to somebody that just came in hold on simply gorgeous underscore 1990 how are you thank you for viewing this and um <laughs> all right let's get to let's get to this um all right um Wait, 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 wait. Let's see. If there's any other um you know what? Yeah, I know what to do. I know exactly what to do. Okay. All right, for all you New Yorkers out New Yorkers out there, um, you're looking for some fun activities to do to take your mind off of things. I got you. So Starting with Friday, February the 3rd, the Manhattan Vintage Show. You can see New York City's largest and longest running vintage show. Of course, you can shop 19th century to 21st century clothing and accessories from over 90 dealers. And it's open to everyone. The tickets start at $20 at eventbrite.com or $15 for students with valid ID. Um... Yes, 
yes. <laughs> Valid ID, yes, you do. Um Okay, um Yes, so show is multi-day. So this is uh February 3rd. Hours are from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. February 4th, hours are from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Metropolitan Pivion is located at 125th West 18th Street, Chelsea, New York. And you have the drop-in drawing with Kit Fraser. Want to channel your inner artist? The Museum of Modern Art, which is which short for MoMA, has a drop-in drawing program during February. Join guest artist Kit Frazier in an exploration of artwork through drawing. The program is free with admission and materials will be provided, perfect for all ages and skill sets. Drawing prompts will be available in English and Spanish. You can drop in from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. on floor four. And the gallery, for Gallery 400 for a relaxing night of drawing. The Museum of Modern Art is located at 11 West 53rd Street in Midtown Manhattan, New York. Saturday, February 4th. Band Books Club. Tired of your same old book club? Spice things up a bit by joining Andrew... Um, high skill, um, Brielle, and Talking Book Library's Band Books Club. Starting February 4th, this brand new virtual book club will meet once a month to discuss books that have been censored or banned in the United States and elsewhere. Join the book, join the club this month at 10:30 a.m. to discuss Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. Visit the New York Public Library website to register and see the club's full reading schedule. Next is Art Trek. Um, a little different from Star Trek, folks. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Black is beautiful. In celebration of Black History Month, the, the Mets Art Trek theme is black is beautiful this program is recommended for families with children ages 7 to 11 explore different times and places throughout excuse me through artwork together the trek is from 2 p.m to 3 p.m and is first come first served all events are free with museum admission which is pay what you wish for new york state residents and New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut students with valid ID and MET, MET members can use their member card as their ticket admission is free for children under 12. The MET is located at Fifth Avenue. Hold on, hold on. The MET Fifth Avenue, 1000 Fifth Avenue in Midtown Manhattan, New York. And Sunday, February 5th, 
NYC Caribbean and Afrobeats vibes bottomless brunch. Need a break from the hustle of the city life. Crab Queens Harlem. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. That's that's fucking funny right there. Crab Queens Harlem has got you covered. Oh wow. Join them anytime from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. for bottomless brunch and be transported away to island life. Enjoy bottomless mimosas and and Caribbean tunes brought to you by DJ Frag. And also reserve your spot for free at eventbrite.com. Larger group reservations are recommended. Crab Queens Harlem is located at 100 West 125th Street in Harlem, New York. And of course, finally, hear us now poetry event join poets from across the country as they perform their work reflecting on the exhibit the exhibition hear me now the black potters of old edgefield south carolina at the met the old edgefield district of south carolina was a center for stoneware production before the civil war the met's exhibition features around 50 pieces from old edgefield the performances are from 1 1 p.m to 2 p.m in gallery 955 first come first serve all events are free with museum admission which is pay what you wish for new york state residents and new york new jersey and connecticut students with valid id and met members can use their member card as their ticket the, the Met Fifth Avenue, of course, obviously, 1000 Fifth Avenue, Midtown Manhattan, New York. All right? And there you have it right there, man. There you have it. There you have it right there, folks. Um, Where you can actually... Um, where you can actually um, know where you can... Um, take a chance and take your mind off of things, which is what I try to do sometimes. And speaking of which, speaking of which, man, um, let's get to our last segment right here. Okay, our last segment. All right, our last segment right here is, hold on a minute. Hang on. Hold on a minute. Yeah, so our last segment right here is Stream Choices on the Go. This is where I inform everybody. Um, this is where I inform everybody um, where you can actually listen to the episodes of the podcast and, of course, social media. So here we go. And of course, you of course you know the drill. You know the drill. You like what you heard in today's episode, whatsoever. Um, show some love by following 
Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, alongside with my other shows, also on the gram, which is a sports edition show of excellent, fun, vibrant talks podcast. And the review show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, is also on there as well. So, um, so yeah, I will actually do that right here. And um, yes, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast is also on there as well on the gram. And you can also follow me on the gram as well, which is um, uh, which is. G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Hold on one second here. Yes, so um turn on your notifications on on Instagram so you can so you can know when I'm going to be on on Instagram live on separate podcast pages, including this one right here. And um and of course, in order in order for you to see me in action, you can see me on Instagram Live as well as YouTube as well. Now, the reason why I took myself off screen is because I have the Instagram Live feed next to me. That's the reason why um, sometimes um, you'll see my face usually when I try to wrap up the show right here, which is what I'm doing. And um, and. And let me go over um where you can um where you can listen. So if you go to the link in bio of of my of my of the podcast show page, of course it's on of course the link is also on my primary page as well. It's the same link which says linktree slash G Money Stacks 555. So um, on there, you're gonna see a whole list of you're gonna see a whole list of audio streaming platforms on there. You can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash gmoneystacks slash message in, in case you have any um comments about the topics, how do you feel about it, all that great stuff right there. If you have any questions, you can put it on there as well. You can DM it to me on gmoneystacks 555 in Queens, New York, right there. And um and yes, you can listen to Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast episodes on Anchor, Audacity, Audible, Audioburst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM. Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, Pod Polo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pod Chaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You don't need a credit card or a debit card to to download this app right here. Um, and it's the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. So you can follow my other my other podcast shows. It's also on iHeartRadio, which is excellent, fun, vibrant talks podcast, the sports edition show. And you can also follow my other one, which is Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show, which is also on there as well. 
And finally, last but not least, make sure you grab that subscribe button on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555. Click on the Noni Noni bells to give me be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream. Um, leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics. And of course, be sure to stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Tell a friend to another friend, share the video, share the podcast. Actually, yes. Share the podcast videos, actually. Share the episodes, share the videos on YouTube. And you can do the same with um, Spotify and 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 other streaming platforms as well. You can share the episodes as well. And um and also be sure to listen, stream, watch the episodes in case you miss any of them, um, new and previous. Of course, download the episodes, which is very important. Don't forget to don't forget to rate five stars, which will be appreciated. And also be sure to um spread the word. Word of mouth is important. And of course, be sure to share the link that says Linktree slash G Money Stacks 555 with all the audio streaming platforms, including YouTube and, and everything else that I just mentioned. Along with the podcast with your husbands, your wives, your boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, the people you are cool with, and all that great stuff right there. Along with everybody else where you meet them at, as far as festivities, parties, wherever you meet them, um, work, wherever it is, right there. So, that's going to do it for me, man. That's going to do it for me. I'm your man G Money. This is your I'm your man G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator. Thank you very much for listening to episode 231 titled Good Deed, which is dedicated to Drake. And um and like I always say at the end of the show, don't for, don't forget the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. If you want something, you have to. You have to work hard and you have to and you have to earn it. And also, also look and find something that gets you look for something that makes you smile and and find your voice. Be confident in what you do. Follow your goals and dreams. And um, and be sure to be sure to be on your P's and Q's on a consistency basis. Of course, that makes you that makes you smile doing what you love being on your p's and q's creatively mentally physically and spiritually that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision all right 
So that's it. I'm off this shit. Thank you very much for paying attention. You could have you could have listened to any podcast in the whole world, but you chose to listen to this New York podcast platform right here. And of course, I'll be back with some new episodes, especially um, especially um with the whole with the whole um thing with um Tyree Nichols and everything else along with the topics and stuff like that. So stay tuned for for that next time. All right. Peace and one love. I hope y'all be careful out there. And basically, um, and if you missed the events that I just mentioned to you as far as like um as far as like what things to do to in LA, California, and New York. You can go to um you can go to um timeout.com and for the people that's living in New York, you can go to amny.com slash things to do. When you go there, you're gonna see entertainment guide. When you go there, you're gonna see you're gonna you're going to see entertainment guide and you're going to see a whole list of events that's going on according to the dates. So check it out. All right. Peace and one love. I hope y'all had a nice weekend and stay tuned for more new episodes whatsoever. And, and stay liquid. Be careful. Reach out to one another especially if they're going through something on the inside, which really matters, all right? Mental health really matters right here. I'm off this shit. Thank you. Peace out. And, and of course, good night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rat Chains NY podcast. 
O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z-N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.